It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Beast Nation Radio. As we are featuring tonight, our R&B sensation, Matt B., I am Beast King, with the wonderful, awesome, amazing Ashley Kaylee, a.k.a. The Boss. How are you doing tonight, Matt B.? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to uh, be on the air with you guys. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Now, I'm the one that gives 1,001 questions. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Here we go. <laughs> do, I to, do I have to drink some water first? or You you might have some water intervals. <laughs> well, let's make it happen, man. I'm ready for you. First and foremost, our callers would love to know, where are you from, Matt B? Well, I, I'm from... Um... Chicago, or, you know, some people like to call it Chirac. I don't know about all that, but uh, I guess I'm just going to stick with Chi-Town. Okay, Chi-Town in the building. That's what I'm talking about. Throw those C's up. <laughs> <laughs> now, my brother, as a as a singer, when was the first time you knew that your voice was like that voice that you wanted to be become like an R&B singer. What was that first time? That that first time. Uh, you want to know what? I, that's a good question, but I, I honestly, I couldn't even really pinpoint that. I mean, you know, I, I've been doing this for a very long, long time, and I feel like I'm still growing as an artist. So, you know, I still have a lot to learn. Um, and, you know, I feel like I'm always developing, always learning something new. And, uh, you know, the positive feedback from people definitely helps out. But, uh, 
I, I couldn't really say that there was a time, you know. But uh, yeah, that's that, that's definitely a good question. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's one. You got nine hundred ninety nine more to go. Okay, okay. Here we go. Here, I'm ready. I'm ready for you. <laughs> now, when did you begin your journey as a singer? Like, what age did you start singing? I would say, you know, I've I really been singing all my life. Uh, uh, ever since I can remember uh, talking, I know I was always singing. Uh, my mom was just really big on just, you know, having us learn um, biblical hymns and things like that. I remember singing a lot in the church with my siblings, and uh, I say my musical journey has been through my entire life ever since I can remember. Okay, okay. It's getting juicy in the building. <laughs> so you started off as a as a as a church singer, a singer that was in the. So I'm assuming that you were in the choir. Um, uh, I, I wish I could say that my church was big enough to have a choir, but you, know, I come from a Lutheran background, so uh, that's kind of like Catholic. So you know, I, the type of stuff that that we were singing. Um, most people probably wouldn't know. <laughs> they really, really old Lutheran hymns made in the in the eighteen and nineteen hundreds is probably uh, uh, what we were singing. So. Okay. So, uh, oh yeah, now I can get to my other my other question. Now, as an R and B singer in the Chi-Town, how many shows have you done so far? Hold on, you're gonna to have to run that by me one more time. Say that one more time. As a as a, as an R and B singer in Chicago, how many shows have you personally done so far? Uh, in Chicago or just overall? Overall. Uh whoa, I don't even know. So many, I can't. I I can't even say. I mean, it would have to at least be a a, a few hundred. I would assume. Because you know, I've I've been performing for a very long time. Uh, I used to perform with my brothers when we were a part of a group named Trend, and we did a lot of uh, shows here in Chicago, and not just Chicago, but along the uh, around the Midwest. So um, between that and then a lot of the shows that I've done as a solo artist, yeah, I, I'd say it's, it's been quite a few. It's so many that uh, that sometimes you know you just completely end up losing track of them all. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I do apologize, you guys. I had a little technical difficulty. But, Matt B., I have a question for you. Sure, go ahead. Shoot, I'm so all here. I, <laughs> I know that you're signed to a label all the way out in Japan. How did that happen? Like, How did you get from Chicago all the way out to Japan <laughs> to, get, to get signed out there? How did that happen? Yeah, that's that's like a, a crazy story. Like, Well, I guess not that crazy. Uh, so... You know, I have been uploading my my music to YouTube for a really long time. Um, just you know, uh, tracks that I have been writing, tracks that I have been collabing with people on, and things like that. And uh, they just randomly contacted my manager, and they said that they heard my stuff uh, online, and that they really liked me, and that they wanted to do an album. And it just so happened that I already had material that was done. So they were like, you know what, we like this material a lot. Uh, we want to go ahead and release it as an album. So it just goes to show, like, you know, it's uh, it's uh, opportunity 
meets preparation. And my team and I were more than prepared, and the opportunity came, and uh, we jumped on it. Definitely, definitely. So I also heard that your track, Plain Girl, hit number one in Japan. How did you feel when you found out about that? Uh, I, I was shocked. I was really shocked. I mean, the the album went number one, and um, the album Love and War, it went number one on iTunes Japan, and then um, the the single went number one, and it was just like, wow, like, I, I couldn't even believe it, because, you know, you, you, you work so hard, and you don't know what people's reactions will be, and, you know, when you're when you're new to the game, as far as the mainstream industry, you start thinking, you start doubting yourself, you know, you start thinking in your head, like, am I good enough? Is this track good enough? Is this project good enough? And I think it's a good thing, because, you know, you're always critiquing yourself, making sure that you're doing all that you can to become a better artist, so it, I was just completely blown away that my single could have beaten out so many mainstream artists and could have been, could be that number one single. So I, I, I was, I was very humbled by it all. That is amazing. That is amazing. Beast King, if you can, I want you to take over this interview. I have a little technical difficulty I need to take care of with our other callers on the line. So go ahead and finish this interview up for me, please. You know, I still got 900 questions. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have 900 now, right? We should be down a little bit, right? <laughs> oh, well, 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 technically. But I got some new questions because she, she gave you some questions that added all to the questions I had before. Okay. Now, as a... Not only as a as a singer, as your own, because I, I, I know you write your own songs, right? Yeah, definitely. And I don't write all of my own songs. I definitely have to give my uh, songwriters some credit, one of which is my brother. So, uh, you know, we just we collab a lot with one another, um, and, uh, you know, we make the magic happen. So Amazing, amazing, because I know, because I have, I, I have, I have relatives in Japan. Oh, yeah? That's awesome. And, and since I have relatives and links to Japan anyway because of my my mix of cultures, I know R&B is really big out there. Definitely. Definitely. So have you have you went out there? Have you did shows in Japan yet? Well, as of late, no. I haven't been out there and I haven't done any shows. But, you know, I'm eagerly looking forward to doing shows in Japan because I know that my fans definitely want me to come out there. I want to come out there. Uh, my album did really well in stores. Um, so it was in over 1,400 retail stores in Japan, uh, courtesy of my record label, Starbase Records. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, after I release my new album, which should be in about another month, the title of the album is Dive. So, you know, maybe you can read something into that based on the title, but... You know, after that album drops, we're going to see where everything stands, and hopefully we can get out there and do a tour. That would be amazing because what I know about my, the fans of Japan, that when they love you, they love you. Like, you end up being <laughs> on the cereal box and, and a pack of Fruit Loops and they starburst after you. And then it would be a, have a candy bar with your face on it. It, it gets uh, real awesome. 
Oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. The fan, the fans, you know, they're crazy. So, so they're crazy in a good way, though. And you know, you can't help but to love it. So, now as a as a successful R and B artist, because of your growth as an R and B artist, what would you? What would if you had a class of new upcoming singers? What would be some advice that you? would say to them to inspire them to keep pushing in their dream? Um, I would say, for one, don't waste your time with the major studios. I mean, you know, I think that the major studios are great. Don't get me wrong. They serve their purpose. But, uh, you know, a lot of people, they struggle financially to juggle everyday life and their musical careers. And, you know, you got to think of the music industry as a business, like everybody says, who's successful in this industry. And, you know, if you think about the typical business that's that's uh, that's starting up, they're not going to go and buy a storefront and they're not going to go and uh, try and get the most expensive storefront um, that, they can put, that they possibly can. They're not going to try and get the most expensive material that they possibly can, regardless of what industry you're in. You know, you want to make sure that you're budgeting correctly and you want to make sure that you're doing it the smart way. So the smartest, so, you know, I, I see a lot of musicians that are being taken advantage of because people will pay $100 an hour for studio time. They'll pay hundreds of dollars for songwriters, for instrumentals. Next thing you know, by the time their project is done, they spend easily somewhere between five to $10,000, but a lot of them don't see a return on their investment. So, you know, you got to be really smart about it, and you have to think like a typical business person. How can I create this product in the best way possible, not the cheapest way possible, but just the least expensive way possible to turn a profit, to, to build my fan base, things like that? Don't waste, don't waste your time pouring all of your money, sinking all of your money, into these these expensive recording studios, buying expensive beats, things like that. Because when it really comes down to it, yes, people do care about your sound quality, but it's more so just about the promotions, about getting in touch with the fans and things like that. And then from there, you know, it's a growing process. As you start to get more popular, your production will start to get better, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that a lot of musicians go wrong with thinking that they have to pour hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars into a product when they're not, when they're not going to see a return on their investment. So that would be the best advice that I give a up and coming musician. Don't waste your money. <laughs> be smart about it. <laughs> That's true. That was spoken from a true artist that has been through the fire and still pushing and making a brand grow and prosper. Definitely. Wow. And, in, and an example an example of that that I would be able to give is that, you know, we do everything in-house from our production to our mixing and mastering to to the way that my websites are built to the the videos to to the uh, to the photo shoots, you know, everything is done in-house. So because it's all done in-house, our profit margins are ridiculously crazy versus someone who isn't doing it in-house. So our product caused a fraction of the cost versus, you know, everyone else. And I think that that's something that a lot of musicians really don't completely understand. And that's why they struggle so much financially and then eventually they end up giving up. 
That's true. That's true. I also have a question for you. Um, where did you get the name Love and War for your first album that went, you know, mainstream? What What gave you the idea for that name? Uh, and once again, you know, I have a fantastic team. I can't take credit for all of that. Um, the, um, one of my buddies who's who's a good friend of mine and also a part of my team, uh, he came up with the name, and he was just like, you know, what do you think of it? And I was like, wow, you want to know what? I think that that really ties into the concept that we have, being that the album was more so about the struggles that people have, um, how sometimes you can love someone, but they may not love you as much. And because of that, you know, there's this pooling, there's this, there's this give and take. And that's sort of like a struggle that we all deal with, which is why it, it, that concept sort of came into play. And I think that he just like nailed it with that particular title, and I just loved it, and I just had to run with it after that, so. Okay, okay, okay. I also heard that you recently worked on a track with America's Addiction. Um, <laughs> yeah. Those guys there, I've interviewed them, had the pleasure of really uh, becoming really good friends with them. How did you enjoy working with them? Oh, they're, oh, they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they are awesome. It's always a good time when when you're around those guys. You know, we 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 just clicked and and uh, and you know that that energy, that vibe, was just there when we started doing music together. And that's you know that's what it's really about. And then from there, you know, you're able to just come out with just fantastic products. And you know, we're working on a little something right now. I won't spoil it, but uh, it, it'll be coming soon. So <laughs> those guys are awesome. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because um, I just got an email from Josh, and, you know, he was telling me, I guess he had seen the flyer and everything for the interview, and, you know, he was he's pretty proud over there. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's going to shout you out through Instagram and everything. So I got to let him know that. <laughs> yeah, jo- Josh is crazy. That's a, that's a great guy right there. David Kelly, too. Shout out to Skills. You know, all, all those guys are just awesome. You know, they're they're fun to work with. Very humble guys, um, you know, very, very, very creative. Uh, you, you'll learn a lot from them. That's for sure. I know I did. I learned a lot from them. So that's really cool. So tell me, what do you think has been the hardest thing thus far with your music? Uh, the hardest thing would just be, I say, not giving up. You know, a lot of times, especially with with life, you know, life happens, whether it be, you know, you might be in school or you may be struggling with your job and, and trying to figure out how to juggle the two. You know, I haven't worked in a really long time. I'm very blessed that my music has been able to sustain me and my family. But, you know, it just being able to wake up every day and just not give up and know that, you know, every day is just you're, you're making it a little further, just baby steps, baby steps to get where you want to go, and that's that's when your team comes into play. You have to have a fantastic support system to, you know, remind you of where you were versus where you are. And sometimes, you know, when you're just you're just you know out there just promoting and 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 trying to make it to the next level, you you kind of forget where you were versus where you are, and having a good support system will allow you to, you know, just remember that, stay humble, and know that, you know, you are making process in your musical career and that you shouldn't give up on it 
because you could potentially make a fantastic impact in the in the music industry. So definitely, definitely, you never know where your you know your creativity or your art could take you. And a lot of people they get discouraged when they you know get turned down the first time, or maybe their music doesn't quite catch people's ears. You know, their words don't catch people's minds. They give up. And so I know. It's, it's a real big thing when I meet artists that actually push toward their dream and actually have achieved it. So I, I know you got to be pretty proud of yourself. Oh, yeah, de- definitely. And not just the impact that um, that you can have on yourself, but, you know, other people. Like, you never know how your music might change someone. You know, it, it may give them the courage to do something with their life that they never would have done. It may help them through a rough patch in their in their life, you know, that that's why that's why artists do music, you know, we wanna we wanna touch people in a positive way. Where it it'll make it, you know, very impactful. Very impactful, very motivational. Or at least I know that's why I do music. You know, I don't do it for selfish, vain reasons. I, I do it because, you know, I wanna change. I wanna change people, I wanna change their perspective, I wanna do feel good music, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. I had the pleasure to get to listen to some of your music. And I have to say, I really enjoy it. Like, I really do, um, especially the track Plain Girl. I really, like, <laughs> that track, it hit really close to home to me. But tell me, um, to our audience members that maybe have not heard that track, can you explain to them, you know, where were you at when you wrote that track? What is it kind of about? You know, can you give them kind of a general idea about that track? Uh, and one, once again, I can't take all the credit. I have a fantastic team, fantastic <laughs> team of uh, of songwriters, and and you know, just we all come together and we create beautiful music together. No pun intended. <laughs> so you know, it's just you know, when you think of playing girl, you think of a girl that you know may not have the self esteem that most girls have, uh, may think that something is wrong with her, and and it's because of the beauty standards that we have in today's society. And that's why, it, just to take from some of the lyrics, it goes, you don't need the makeup or the pedicure or manicured nails because I already love you. Don't worry about your hair. You're still sexy in a ponytail, putting no one above you because the plain things are the main things, and the main things are the plain things. I'm not saying I don't love it when you get all sexy but you don't need that to keep me because, hey, plain girl, you're beautiful to me. So, you know, I think that that's very self-explanatory that, you know, it's not always about being all dolled up and, you know, sometimes there's just beauty and simplicity. So Very true, very true. Like that track right there was so beautiful to me, um, even <laughs> for myself, because I'm I'm really more of the, the wallflower type of chick. So when I hear a song like that, you know, where it's not, you know, bad bitches in the club kind of style. It's more <laughs> right, humbled. right. Like, it's more humble. I love music like that. Like, it, it was really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, my team and I, you know, we spend a lot of time uh, just, you know, brainstorming about it and, and and reworking the lyrics constantly. And then, you know, we, we once we had the finished product, we went in and we knocked it out inside of the studio. And when we were doing that, you know, we wanted to sort of bring sort of an old school feel back. Because I know a lot of artists, you know, they have um, computer programs and things like that that will do, like, harmonies and, and things like that for their vocals. But there's just something about just raw, natural vocals, raw, natural 
um, uh, uh, harmonies and, and things like that. And that's like a lot, a lot of artists don't do that anymore. They depend on the magic of the studio and things like that to make them sound good. But I think that, you know, when you get back to those grassroots being, you know, people like the Temptations, Boys to Men, uh, uh, even the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC, you know, they all did fantastic harmonies and it really brought the track to life. And that's something that we really focus on as well. We want to sort of bring, tie the old school with the new, in a sense. Okay, definitely, definitely. Um, tell me, the new album that you're going to have dropping, I believe it's late September this year, correct? Uh, I'm sorry, say that one more time. The new album you have dropping will be late September this year, correct? Um, we're crossing our fingers and hoping that it's late September, but it might okay. be pushed back a little further, maybe sometime towards mid-October. Uh, okay. My sound my sound engineer is working really hard to get those those tracks finished up as far as mixing and mastering. So, okay. So tell us what what is the sound or the mood of this new album that's going to be dropping? I think it still has that R and B feel for sure, but some of the tracks are a little more upbeat, a little more fun. Uh, you know, we're we're uh, it's sort of like a blend of uh, of a little bit of pop, you know, but still staying true to R&B. And, uh, you know, I, I think that my fans won't be disappointed at all because um, they still get a piece of me in the overall project as far as, uh, you know, staying true to the R&B roots and, and once again harping on the harmonies and the creativity behind the uh, lyrical content and things like that. And once again, I have an awesome sound engineer basically makes me sound like a million bucks. So shout out to my sound engineer, Marvin, who, who's probably working on the tracks right now to get those done. So <laughs> That's really cool. Um, so to our audience, if your music were a person, what would they look like? If my music was a person, it would look would like it? me. Because like I because I am my music and my music is me. And when and my music is a window to my soul and my true form of expression. So I would say my music would look like me. Dapper <laughs> a little a little awkward <laughs> kinda kinda quirky but cool. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> Oh, let's see, let's see. Oh, so if you could collab with some other mainstream artists, what artists would you like to collab with? Ooh, I hope by by naming the artists that I would like to collab with, I'm not throwing any shade at anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) But as as far as rappers go, I I would say Drake, uh, probably Lil Wayne, because I like him a lot. Uh, Nicki Minaj, um, J. Cole, um, uh, Kanye. Uh, as far as as far as singers go, I probably would go with Usher. Uh, I would have said Michael Jackson, but God rest his soul. Uh, I'd say probably Tae Young, and people probably aren't familiar with him, but he's a Japanese artist. And uh, I think that he's, oh, I'm sorry, he's a Korean artist, and I think that he does uh, 
amazing work, uh, and I, I would love to do a collab with him for sure. Okay, definitely, definitely. So do you have any tours coming up this year, any album signings? If you're doing an album signing, you know, I want to know where it's at so I can get an album signed <laughs> by you. <laughs> well, well, anything that I'm going to be doing, unfortunately, is going to be in Japan. Okay. As far as as far as anything related to the album dies, uh, we're trying to we're we're in the works right now to see if maybe we could get um, a United States release, and if we do end up doing that, then definitely I would be uh, doing some album signings and things like that. But as of this point in time, we're just more so trying to tie up sort of some of the loose ends with the album. Uh, we're working on a couple of music videos. I have a gazillion projects going on. Uh, some of them I can't talk about because we're still in negotiations, but uh, like I said, one of them would be with America's Addiction. Um, I have a couple more out, I have a couple more projects with uh, with singers and things like that. Some of them industry, some of them not. Uh, one of one of the singers that potentially I will be collabing with uh, had a number one uh, single on Spotify. Actually, it was number one a couple of days ago. I won't say any names, but if you know what the number one single on Spotify was, yeah. you may know who he is. <laughs> as for as for uh, uh, as for rappers, uh, you know we have some things in the works with someone who's signed to uh, I believe he's signed to either Def Jam or RCA Records, and uh, yeah, he's from Chicago as well. I won't give oh. any names once again. <laughs> but uh, if things go as planned, then uh, you guys should be hearing um, some stuff from him and I really soon. So okay, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, tell me, do you do you think, or what do you think you would see yourself five years from now, as far as where your music could take you? Five years from now, um, hopefully. Uh, I'll be signed to a major label. Uh, perhaps I might, I may have a couple of Grammys. Crossing my fingers on that. Uh, most likely, I will own a label, and probably would sign a lot of artists, especially in the Chicagoland area, because they completely overlook us as well as people in the Midwest. Um, probably would have done a couple of world tours would have collabed with quite a few people uh, and then maybe do something philanthropic, like maybe give back to uh, to some hungry kids or, you know, things along that nature. But, you know, good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see. Uh, Ms. King, do you have any more questions, sir? Uh, you said, do I have any more questions? Yeah. I mean, you chopped my 900 questions down to, like, four. Oh, I'm glad <laughs> to hear that, man. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Because you said, oh, so I know this about to be exciting. Go ahead. Uh-uh, go ahead, go ahead. You can do it, you can do it. <laughs> well, uh, while you guys are debating about that, one another thing that I will say is that, uh, you know, uh, other than the dive project that's obviously going to be released in uh, in uh, late September, early October, you know, um, we're also hoping to release another project here in uh, the United States. I'm working on some things with uh, 
with uh, what, one of my producers. His name is uh, Eugene Lockhart. And uh, but the, it's another R&B album. But, uh, you know, it's very old school R&B. Sort of between, like, ni- the 1990s and maybe, like, maybe like the early 2000s. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. But I, I think that a lot of people will like it, especially people who, who like the more traditional R&B. And that's something that's sort of missing in uh, the American market. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Now, that sounds exciting. I cannot wait for that. Like, I'm going to really be listening for your music because, like I said, I had never heard about you until, you know, I heard from America's Addiction. I heard it from Josh. And so I was like, oh, let me check him out. And so when I listened to the rest of your music, um, it really, like, grabbed my attention. So I was like, why have I not heard this before? <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 Chicago, I'm Chicago's best-kept secret. <laughs> well, they, no, they kept you a secret so long. <laughs> no, but no, but seriously, I think that it's probably just you know, there's a lot of oversaturation in the music industry, and sometimes when that happens, people are reluctant to you know listen to new artists because they they think that they've heard it all, and you know R and B or just singing in general is kind of dying, and what I and what I mean by that is. The rappers want to sing. The singers want to rap. <laughs> the 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 auto tune the auto tune doesn't help. Um, uh, everybody wants to sign rappers because everybody wants a new uh, hot rap hit because rap tracks are popular right now. So because of that, you know, if you're not already if you don't already have a stronghold in the music industry, then people really tend to shy away from singers just in general like you know you go up to the typical person and you tell them that you can sing or that you're that or that you're an artist you know if you go up to a guy more than likely he's going to say well i like rap music i don't really listen to r&b and i don't listen to pop if you go up to a girl they may or may not like your music but what they're more so focused on is the artist of the time which may or may not be you know chris brown usher you know, people like that, Dustin Bieber, who just released a new track, things like that. So if you already have a stronghold in the industry, those are the people that that uh, that get the majority of the buzz, and then it leaves singers who are up and coming to fall on the wayside. And usually, if you notice, a lot of singers who come into the industry fresh, they usually have collaborations with rappers because they know that that's what's going to get them to the level that they want to be, and then from there they can branch off and, and and really become the singer that they want to be. So some people get lucky and it doesn't happen that way. But I've just noticed that a lot of people they end up doing a lot of collabs with rappers in order to get their name out there. So oh, okay, okay. Um, also tell me, uh, have you ever thought about doing a track with a poet? You know, like have a poet do a poem and then you sing. Have you ever thought about collabing with a poet? You know, I, I've never thought about doing something like that, but I think that it probably would be really cool if maybe someone did some spoken word over uh, over over one of my tracks, or maybe you know, uh, maybe we did a really strong or powerful piece where uh, maybe I was doing some runs or some melodic tones, and then they were doing some spoken word over over uh, my track. So that's definitely something worth looking into, and. Uh, if I take that idea from you, I hope you're not too mad. I'll give you credit. 
but it's a good idea. So, the reason why I ask because that's something that I do. I blend my vocal talent, my poetry, all the time. So I always wonder, like, if singers ever thought about, hmm, I'm gonna work with a spoken word artist, because poetry is also another one of those things like singing that's kind of dissipating, you know, because everybody wants to be a rapper, nobody wants to be a poet, you know, anymore. So it's it's a whole different kind of tone. So it's like you know, you get two kind of talents that are kind of at the wayside and bring them together, you can really do an epic masterpiece. Definitely. I think that's a really good idea, actually. Maybe that's something we could discuss with one another. <laughs> I think that's a really good idea. Maybe we'll do that after uh, after this interview. We can chop it up a little bit and try and see what we can do together. I think that's a fantastic idea. For sure, for sure. Definitely we can do that. Definitely we can do that. So tell me, what what was the first, when you first got your first check from your album that you did, what was the first thing you bought? The first thing I thought was stupid stupid taxes, you rake me over the coals. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. Because I think that what a lot of people don't understand is that not saying that I didn't get a lot of money or, you know, I I, I don't really I don't really express exactly how much I received from the label because, you know, you have shady people around, but, you know, they 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 fed they fed me well. I'll say that, but um, you know you you have to pay Japanese taxes and you have to pay American taxes. Uh, then you have to pay state taxes and then you have to pay your songwriters. And then you have to pay your attorneys and then you have to pay your management. And you know there are a lot of there are a lot of hands in the pot. <laughs> right. So, so you so you start to realize that um, there's definitely enough money to go around, but that, um, you know, you, you have to pay a lot of people, a lot of people, and that just will give you the motivation to get back on the grind and, 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 and start creating more product to sell because that's what it's really about, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely about the music, but it's also about feeding your family and surviving and how can you feed your family and survive if you're not making money, which stems back to what I was saying about artists who spend too much money in 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 recording studios and things like that. Mm-hmm. If, if your music isn't making you money, not to say that it's going to make you money right away, but if it's costing you more money than you're making, and if it's making it so that your household isn't sustainable, then you're probably doing something wrong. <laughs> that's, that's what that means. You better find a better way of doing it or a more creative way of doing it because you're probably doing something wrong. And, and and that was really, like, my whole take back from all of that was, like I said, stupid stupid taxes, you rape, you rape, me, uh, rape me over the coals. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, okay because so I'm getting that back from tax season rolling around. <laughs> right? <laughs> so it comes back, it comes back, but I know sometimes um, when it comes to taxes and stuff, I'll cash my check, and I'll be like, dang, I, I could have used those extra couple of dollars right now. Yeah, right. Not in February right. when the tax season is. Like, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. so also I want to know, um, this the next album you have coming out, um, would there be any love ballads on the track, on like on any of the tracks? Yeah, definitely. You know, I I, I couldn't do that to my fans. 
I couldn't, I couldn't rob them of that. You know, you. I think that a lot of people make that mistake in their sophomore album, is that you know a lot of times, not to say that you're not doing what you want to do, but you know, the label may see you doing one thing, you may see yourself doing something completely different. So the label may have the final say so in what you do, but I think that you definitely shouldn't rob your fan base of uh, of what you initially put out. So for me being an R&B guy and putting out a lot of love ballads for my first album, I think it would be very foolish of me not to have a good amount of love ballads on my second album. So they definitely can expect that. Those The love ballads will be there. That's wonderful. Uh, tell me, so the people that you have on your team, have you ever had, like, a conflict where maybe you have an idea that they don't think is a good idea, or do you guys typically blend pretty well with each other? Oh, 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 we have conflict all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're always bumping heads. I think it's great, though. I mean, if there wasn't if there wasn't conflict, you know, I don't want a bunch of yes men around me. If, it, if My ideas definitely aren't always the best ideas, and same thing for people on my team. You know, they don't always have the best ideas, but when we all put our heads together, and we bicker back and forth. We might end up yelling at one another, or, you know, we might end up saying some, some heated things between one another every now and then, but it's all towards the end goal of creating a great product. And I think that we all have a great understanding of that. And uh, because of that, because we're all so strong, strong-headed, you know, we just we just sort of blend very well with one another. Everybody, I my team always has good ideas. You know, nobody ever comes to the table empty-handed, and sometimes it can get a little heated. <laughs> but but at, in the end, you know, we we figure things out, we smooth things over, and the best idea wins at the end of the day. And I will say that it definitely isn't always mine, and probably the majority of the time is not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, which is good, though, right? Because, you know, you want people that are going to build you up. You don't want people who are going to tear you down. And sometimes tearing you down isn't always saying something negative. Sometimes tearing you down could be just not saying anything at all. I think that's even worse. So Very true. That is. That's true. Sometimes it is the not saying anything and it's kind of watching the person mess up. Destroy themselves, yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely. So I know you told me that um, you used to sing with your brother, correct? Yeah, I used to sing with my brothers. We were part of a group uh, called Trend. There were three of us, if you include me. Okay. Tell me, how was that experience? You know, I know sometimes working with family can be hard. How was that experience singing with your brother? Uh, I was probably worse than working with my current team. Because <laughs> 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 I, I was – I'm the youngest, so, you know, oh, my my – my opinion wasn't always valued, <laughs> but, you know, I learned a lot from my brothers. Uh, uh, we did a lot of shows in the Midwest. Uh, we actually had an opportunity to do Showtime at the Apollo. Um, we had some record deals on the table. We almost got picked up by uh, by Akon's label, uh, Convict. Um, we had an opportunity to get picked up by John Monopoly, who signed, uh, I think he signed... Um, Quiet Storm, if I'm not mistaken, this uh, older, uh, and he also did something else with. Uh, I think he did some stuff with Day 26, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 
We also had an opportunity to sign to Shorty Capone, who did some things with Three Piece and some really well-known Chicago artists, as well as some um, national artists. But, uh, you know, that sort of fell through because we had bad management at the time, and they saw us doing one thing, we saw ourselves doing something completely different. But it was a learning experience, and one of the things that I learned from that was some people just nitpick over everything, you know. They're like, oh, uh, I don't want to take this deal for 100000 which, by the way, we did have a deal for like a hundred grand, and we and we uh, we didn't take it. And they may say, "Oh, I don't want this deal for a hundred thousand because I can get a million. I don't want this deal for five hundred thousand because I can get seven hundred thousand. I don't want this mm-hmm. deal for fifty thousand. You know what I mean? And I think it's, it's really foolish because some money is better than it's no better. money. Now, don't get me wrong. You don't want to get raped over the coals, but at the same time, you don't want an opportunity to pass you by because people have been pushing this independent artist thing. And there's nothing wrong with being an independent artist at all. But you have a greater likelihood of musical success with a label behind you than you ever would as an independent artist. And the reason why is because the label has the financial resources to get you in front of a bigger audience over a shorter span of time versus yourself where you may be working a job and you're only making $20,000 a year and you have the disposable income of like maybe 100 or $200 a month, exactly how much exposure can you really get yourself off that budget? Now, people do it. Don't get me wrong. People do it. But, but, the, but for every one person that is successful because they push their music independently, probably 10 people or 15 people are successful because they allowed a label to do it. And I think that that's, that's a really big mistake with a lot of artists is that they think that they don't need labels and labels need us and we need them. And that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. Please King, you got any more questions? Sir? Not at all. You sure? Yep. <laughs> so Matt B, tell me, um, would you happen to like to sing something acapella? Style for our oh, you guys want me to sing something else? I thought you guys were going to play one of my tracks. Yes, <laughs> I also do. I have one of your tracks as well. Um, I just want to make sure that we, you know, don't go over time, uh, you know, with your interview or anything, because I know people be busy and everything, so, you know, I don't want to go over time with your interview. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I can sing something acapella. I'll tell you what. You guys play one of my tracks, and when we come back, I'll sing something acapella for everybody. Definitely, definitely, definitely. We're going to get this track pulled up in just a moment. Beast King, can you take over the interview for a second for me while I get this track so that we can roll it? Mic check, one, two, one, two. Beast King, I cannot hear you over the airways. Can you hear me? Beast, Beast King is busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm All right, I need you to hold down the fort for me while I get the track to roll. So go ahead and I throw a couple more questions at him uh, while I get there. I don't have no more. You literally gave, took every question <laughs> I possibly have. Well, let me flip the script then. Let me ask you guys a couple of questions. How about that? <laughs> okay, we can do that. We can do that. Definitely. So, tell, do that. so, so B, Beast King, um, what what have you been doing? Like, like, um, like what, what was your motivation towards 
creating this radio show. I'm sure you didn't do it by yourself. I'm sure that uh, that Ashley well, probably is. Well, the, the brainchild. Yeah, for sure. The brainchild of this radio station is Ashley Case. Okay. I'm the well, I'm the founder of Beast Nation. Okay. Beast Nation Radio is her is her love child. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. That's pretty cool. So how long how long have you guys been doing it? Well, we've been doing Beast Nation Radio it's almost coming up on a year. But I've been doing radio station for about eight years now. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So do you, do you guys like have you ran into any like crazy artists <laughs> on your We haven't station? ran into crazy artists, but we did have Tank on one of our oh, shows. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, Tank is awesome, man. Awesome guy. Shout out to him. He he's definitely doing his thing. Him, uh Tyrese, um Genuine, you know, they're 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 great. Great. And I think they're keeping R and B alive. That's for sure. Those those guys are like keeping R and B alive. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, because uh, as you know, Ashley K. Lee is a multi artist because she sings and she does poetry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, and that's awesome. That is awesome. I I take my hat off to her because you know it's, it's definitely not easy to run a radio show, still be. Uh, doing your thing artistically as far as poetry and still being a recording artist, like, that's not easy at all, so. <laughs> oh, because I'm, uh, I'm a poet slash rapper. I gave up singing because my, my, my octave got too deep too early and I didn't know how to transition. Oh, yeah, yeah. That 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 is a rough time when you're going through transitions in your life and, and you're going through puberty and things like that and then like yeah it, it can be rough to sort of find your voice and maintain it through those times but you know for those of us that have made it through <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a journey That's oh sure. definitely I mean y'all are blessed us because I came into the very white stage of voices when I was 10 <laughs> So that kind of, it discouraged me from singing, so I went to hip-hop. And okay. then once, I grew up in the, I grew up in the old, in the old ways of battle rap and, and like, um, Diggable Planets and the rest of development were my powering focuses and, uh, the refugees and old Tupac and, like, I'm, I'm from the, the old school of things, but then I, I married spoken word. That's awesome, thing, man. And the thing about being already an MC with a with a limited capabilities and freestyler, I do my spoken word like I used to freestyle MC on the streets. I could do all about anything. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's like that's that seems intense. It seems like it would be crazy to watch. Oh, I always tell people. When I'm when I'm on a radio show or when I'm on a live show, I ask the crowd what they want me to talk about. Then I do a poem right there. Man, dude, straight up, straight off the top of the head, right? Always. 
That's crazy. That is crazy. And my uh, my Ashley Kelly, she could do the same exact thing. She just couldn't sing. And she has her jazz, she has a jazzy feel, like a like a jazz singer. But she has a the knowledge of a of a Tupac mentality when she deliver her pieces. Wow, that's that's intense too, man. That is intense. Oh yeah, we've we've seen a lot. If this is not the 100th show, this is like 98 or 99th radio show we've had so far, just this year. Wow. So you guys, so you guys are are pretty much growing then, is what that means. You guys are oh, growing yeah. rapidly. Well, I'm, oh, glad, yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad that you guys had me on your show and that I was able to entertain you guys viewers for for the hour. And you know, I hope that I hope that people may have taken some advice from what I had to say and, and, you know, maybe they'll implement it. Maybe they won't, but you know, for any of the artists out there that, uh, that may be interested in doing a collab with me, I'm a hundred percent down to do, to do collabs. I'm not above doing collabs with up and coming artists. Cause you know, I still feel like I'm up and coming myself. So, you know, I, let's make that happen. That's that humble pie. I like that. <laughs> I was in your city last week. Oh yeah. Yeah, we had a, um, I was on the south side at the, um, at the community center on the south side. What was the name of the community center? What was it on, like 50-something or? It was or, on, uh, South Michigan. Okay, uh, I'm trying to think about, let me see, South Michigan on the south side of Chicago. What's on Michigan? I think you were at the Harold Washington Cultural Center. If I'm not mistaken, it may have been that. That's on King Drive, but that's by Michigan. And that's on the south side. And if it wasn't there, if it was further south than 50-something, if it was, like, somewhere on, like, 90-something or 70-something, I'm not familiar with any community centers out that way. But. Yeah, I had to uh, – I could tell you exactly where I was. I was at the South Side Community Arts Center. Oh, okay. I think I think I know that one. I think I know that one. What were you doing out there? You were just like uh, doing a live. I was a I was a special feature for a live uh, spoken word artist show with uh, with Chicago's own word warrior. Nice. Who has internet radio show? That's really really booming, and he he wanted me to come out, so I. Packed up my bags from Michigan, and I came out there. And then some other artists came from other states. And then we had Chicago's own Oxygen the Poet was out there. Hood Rays was out there. A lot of Chicago artists was, was really representing. It was a great, fantastic show. Man, I wish I, I wish I, I would have been able to catch that. I probably was like had my head buried in the recording studio. All right, y'all, I got this track. This track is titled Lifeline. Oh, awesome. This is my favorite track. So I'm going to go ahead and drop this track. Burn 
Yes, and we are back alive. That right there was like one of my favorite tracks. I love the the techno kind of R&B sound. Like that was just an amazing track. Yeah, for sure, exactly. And that's kind of like that's kind of like what we're going for with the new album. Stuff like that. That's not the only thing that we'll have. We'll also, like I said, have some love ballads and stuff. Um, I know that I promise to sing, so I will. <laughs> I think I'll sing uh, something really short. Just something okay. from my uh, from my Love and War album. Uh, shout out to uh, Rockas. They were the ones who who produced this track for me. The name of the song is Lo- is uh, Moving On. So it goes. Thought I will miss you. Thought I will live through. Thought I can never let you go. But all this heartache keeps tearing its way. Now I'm losing you. Even if we try, we lose the fight. Heaven knows I tried. Now I'm moving on. I'm moving on. That is so beautiful. Oh my goodness, you have like <laughs> such a beautiful voice. Like, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. And once again, the name of that track is "Moving On." Uh, it's on my Love and War album. Um, that was probably one of the love ballads that uh, that we did. Um, something, something once again to expect for the new album "Dive," which is coming out in October. So you know. That won't be on that album, but, you know, something similar to it will be, you know, we tried to stay true to the R&B roots, and and, uh, that was the direction that we went in. So, you know, for anybody who wants to check out any more of my music or, you know, just stop by and say hello, you can check out my fan page. It's www.matbworld.com. I'm sorry, www.matbworld.com. That's www dot mattbworld dot com or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram on at mattbworld. That's at mattbworld, or you can go to Facebook, uh, which is once again mattbworld. <laughs> so if you're looking for me online, all you have to remember is mattbworld. That's M as in Matthew, A T T B as in boy. World, Matt B. World. <laughs> Can't forget that. <laughs> Definitely not. You know, Matt B., I really appreciate you coming and interviewing with us tonight. It's been wonderful having you here with us, and I hope to interview you in the future once that new album drops and everything, because I know I'm going to get a whole bunch of emails from the ladies that are listening tonight, like, oh, my God, we're going to be getting music. So I'm going to be definitely sending out your media links that I have so, you know, people can get in contact with you and listen to your music and everything. That, definitely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, it was a pleasure being on your show. Uh, I hope to come back real soon. And once again, the album died, dropping in, dropping in October. Uh, in the meantime, you can check out all my music online at Matt B. World or www.mattbworld.com. Check out my current album, which is currently in Japan, but you probably can still get to it if you search hard enough. That's Love and War, Matt B. Love and War. And, uh, yeah, just a really awesome time. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you, thank you. And definitely get in contact with me later on today whenever you have time. Uh, you know, so we can talk about the little poetry and music project. I think that'll be something definitely we can get into. Awesome. Let's get that popping. Please, <laughs> can you have any closing remarks for the show tonight, sir? No, this was just this was an amazing interview. I salute you, King, for all your endeavors and how you are going to even further grow your brand. And that's it for me. You know, I gotta close up the studio, turn the lights off, gotta wash the uh, <laughs> wash the walls and stuff. I bought the car and the gym first, so you know. You real, real, quick, real quick, shout out to everybody on my production team. Uh, Shout out to my manager, Chad. Shout out to my sound engineer, Marvin. If you guys want to get any mixes done by him, his name is Marvin. His Instagram is uh, Marvin0128. Once again, Marvin0128. He does all my mixes. It's because of him, or he's one of the reasons why my album went number one in Japan, because you got bad mixes, your album isn't going anywhere. <laughs> so get at him for sure because he does some awesome work. That's wonderful. I'd like to say a special shout-out to America's Addiction. Oh, yeah, Joshua for sure. And David Kelly, those gentlemen there, I appreciate them, you know, linking me in with your music and everything. And I just want to say I appreciate you coming in. This has been a wonderful production of Beast Nation Radio. I was your host. KK Zelly. Alongside of me, I had Beast King and the wonderful R&B artist, Matt B. Come and tune in with us next week. You never know what we'll have live in the Beast studio. Shout out to America's Addiction, DWID, baby. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.